You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Azim, CEO of Armor.Fi. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by various guests or sponsors of the podcast are solely their own. They do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host or the other people, entities, or organizations affiliated with the creation or production of the podcast. The guest and sponsor may consider their information reliable, but others involved in the creation or presentation of the podcast do not warrant the accuracy of guest or sponsor information, and it should not be relied upon. This episode is brought to you by Casper. Until now, blockchain technology has been a series of compromises. No layer one protocol exists in the market that supports everything enterprises, developers, and consumers need from decentralized applications. Meet Casper. Casper provides the blockchain ecosystem with a solution that makes no compromises around decentralization, security, or performance. Learn more at casper.network. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Azim, welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you very much, Dustin. Pleasure to be here. So I love to get to know how somebody's journey began in Bitcoin or in blockchain. Talk about your journey. How did it start for you? Sure. I mean, I've admired builders in the blockchain and crypto space, DeFi space from afar for a number of years, and I've always wanted to be involved in some way. So, um, you know, previously, I was only really involved as a passive investor where I would see projects and uh, get in on them and hopefully benefit from whatever upside um, occurred. Um, however, I've, I noticed that this last summer is when DeFi really started to take off with real use cases and real products. And I became truly a lot more immersed in the, um, in the activities um, of yield farming, deployment of assets across various lending protocols, um, liquidity, um, pro providing liquidity across exchanges and various other products that popped up. And um, I noticed uh, uh, some innovation happening in the uh, insurance or uh, asset coverage space within DeFi that um, I, I was interested in exploring because there have been a number of hacks and exploits that have taken place um, in recent times. And uh, the thing is that within such a new space, um, such as DeFi, of course, you know, with the prolifer proliferation of um, applications that are based on this cutting edge or new technology, um, considering the fact that all of this technology is open source, that people are able to review the code and that because it's composable and permissionlessly so, it's possible for somebody to find ways to exploit these applications, these smart contracts um, to extract capital. Uh, at the essentially at the loss of um, there's a better way of saying it you know th th basically hackers steal money right and there is one organization or DAO called Nexus Mutual 
that uh, has the leading insurance or coverage products in the space. They have this solution that was, I think, let's, let's, just, let's just go back for a moment. So you're really starting about how I started in the space and how I uh, got involved in crypto, right? So while my history in crypto has been as an investor, mostly, my the beginning of my journey as a builder in the space, like I said, began when I truly immersed myself in the activities of interacting with the various products that exist. So um, as a user of the products and also as an entrepreneur with some years of experience of bootstrapping and creating my own products in e-commerce and software over the years, uh, I spotted some opportunities where there were inefficiencies in that people were very impressed by certain innovations that were coming up. And I would see these and of course be impressed too. However, since I have now gained plenty of experience interacting with a number of products, I was able to put the pieces together and recognize that, hey, there's this block here, there's this you know, puzzle piece here, there, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm able to kind of put these things together in new combinations, right? And so when it came to observing the hacks that were taking place and also being aware of this coverage solution that enabled users to protect their own assets, I noticed that the solutions that currently existed in asset coverage were um, they allowed a user to define the value of the assets they, that they want to protect, what protocol or product that they want to protect these assets on, and um, for how long they want this coverage. And as a heavy user of DeFi products, um, one day I may have my assets uh, providing liquidity on Uniswap. The next, I might withdraw those and throw those into SushiSwap. And then the next day, I might notice that, hey, I'm getting generating higher yield uh, by providing liquidity on some other exchange that requires stable coins like Curve, and I might withdraw those LP assets. I might uh, withdraw the liquidity, deposit the Ether and Bitcoin, for example, into Aave or Compound. I may borrow uh, stable coins against that and then deposit those stable coins into Curve, right? It just depends on the returns that you're able to generate. And now when you combine that kind of activity, um, and that's just one small sample of activity that may occur, then uh, it becomes a lot more difficult to manage this with, with this solution that only allows you to select a set value on a specific product for a specific amount of time. And I thought, hey, you know, if I want insurance cover style coverage for my assets, I don't want to have to think about um, managing or depositing my assets for a specific amount of time and then being restricted on the coverage because I already paid for it, right? that, hey, you know, that now if I move it, I can't really do anything with this coverage I already have. And then I have to buy new coverage that I pay for again. And so I figured that what if there was some kind of solution that uh, pooled this coverage in the same way that these uh, money markets like Compound and Aave allow users to permissionlessly pool their assets and generate lending and borrow uh, lending fees against them, like earn interest rates against them or pay to borrow them, right? So the same concept, if we were able to pool coverage and then allow users to borrow the coverage that has been pooled. And then if they move their assets around, depending on the availability of the pool, um, just with one new transaction, if they were able to cover the new combination of assets, just like just on demand, then that would be a lot more efficient and um, beneficial to users, right? Because now you don't have, like if there was a solution that allowed you to, like if there was a solution that actually tracked the value of your assets across all the major protocols, and then when you move them around, 
detected that, and then based on that detection, recommended a new combination of coverage without forcing you to pay for what you don't need anymore, then that could actually help scale the uh, adoption of insurance-style solutions um, in DeFi. And actually, um, you know, my, my theory was uh, proven um, quite spectacularly so far um, in that since launch, uh, within around, four to, uh, around four, within four to six weeks, we sold a billion dollars worth of coverage. And um, yeah, so th- that, was, uh, that was very impressive. And I think we've got a long, long way to go because, of course, that's still, you know, DeFi currently has about 100 billion in assets uh, in total value locked across the various protocols and products. So that's still just 1% of the total TVL in DeFi. However, um, consider the fact that we managed to do it within a few weeks as opposed you know, to taking longer. I mean, uh, th- there's definitely a sign that, uh, let's see, let's, let's rework that. Considering the fact that we were able to achieve this within just a few weeks, um, I think that's definitely a sign of uh, the demand being there. And if we're able to find more creative ways to cover a higher amount of value, then, um, I mean, that's really what we're working on right now. I know it's not the clear- clearest, most vague thing. I've gone on a little bit. So if you have, I, I think I've said quite a bit. So if you want to ask any clarifying questions, we can maybe focus on that. Yeah, two things. Uh, you talked about yield farming. What does that mean? Um, okay, so typically when a project launches these days, um, a, a, a way to generate fast adoption is to provide incentive programs for users to deploy their assets with your product, with your protocol, right? And so a new project would typically, um, they would have their tokens, their native tokens, and in, in return for um, certain actions, such as pooling your assets within their reward contracts or, uh, or using their products or performing some other kind of function that would be beneficial to the protocol, in return, you may be rewarded with their tokens. So there's a number of ways in, this, in, in which this may be executed by a project. So I can't specifically you know, define a set of best, best practices sure. for you because it depends entirely on the, um, the specifics of the project itself. And then also there, there are levels of quality of execution that depend, again, quite subjectively on a number of factors that cannot always be controlled by a project. So, um, however, you know, if it's ex- executed well, then it can go a long way towards uh, solidifying a new project's position within the space. And if you want some kind of context, the way that I've um, kind of uh, established, the way, I, the way I see it is this, right? Where, where in traditional uh, structures or with tradition nowadays, you know, I think Facebook and Google are still, um, they're, they're fairly established at this point, right? Now, where, when a new product or a new business creates a, creates a product, when a, new, when, a, when a business creates a product and they want to market it, they might use um, ads on Facebook or Google, for example, or YouTube or whatever to get customers, right? And so what are they doing? They're paying um, Google or Facebook for attention. They're paying for ads. 
And so typically that business may have to find their profit within the margin between the cost of ads and the cost of acquiring the customer, um, the, 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 the revenue generated from that and the margin between that and the cost of goods sold and the profit, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, either the business makes the money, uh, generates a profit on day one, or if it has a more aggressive um, acquisition program, then it may seek to generate the profits uh, at a later point um, through continual monetization of the user, right? So um, in this case, uh, with these liquidity or incentive reward incentive programs, I think that um, this is, this is in, in crypto, in DeFi products or projects, they are able to essentially reward or pay their users directly, right? So rather than you paying for ads to Google and Facebook and then just eating all that money, you're able to attract the kind of users that you're looking for by rewarding them directly with your tokens. And then if you're able to be productive um, or efficient or um, you know, re- reasonably uh, effective in creating uh, healthy markets for your product, then um, that ends up turning into a quite successful program, right? So yeah, I mean, that, that's just how I see it. You're rewarding users directly. Yeah, that, that's a fascinating, I would say, explanation. So let's talk about education. I mean, I have to imagine you weren't born with all of this knowledge in your head. Mm-hmm. Where did you learn? Well, this actually goes back to the um, the start of building in this space, right? Because I think that um, a lot of people try to read or research too much and they would be a lot more effective um, if they were if they actually just dove in with um, a learning mindset and they sought to actually use the products that exist right really um, explore their interests in terms of what they're paying attention to right and um, I, I really think that if somebody actively uses the products that currently exist and pays attention to what they are being interested by and just follow that rabbit hole, um, they would learn and really internalize a lot more than if they simply read guides to DeFi. Because like I've seen guides that are like 200 pages long, for example. And it's like, there was a time when I would read that and I would still not totally internalize or truly understand what that stuff means until I really used it and either benefited or did not benefit through the use of various products. So, um, of course, it helps to have a basic level of competence, but really, you know, you can be, it's it's also fairly reasonable to be incompetent in a lot of ways until you learn and become uh, competent. So I guess guess the, the answer to your question is in terms of how did you learn this stuff? Um, if you're able to find a community where you can learn about products and experiment with them and where you're stuck, you can ask, you know, the community members for input or insights into your situation that, that, that really accelerates your learning curve a lot more than trying to find articles and reading about products. And advice you can give to entrepreneurs. I mean, for those people out there that have had this idea in their head, sitting on Um, a shelf, how do they get it out? Well, the sim- the simplest answer is really to just build it. C- can I can I just share a little bit about the 
uh, about armor, first of all, because I think uh, by providing context into the journey of building armor and how that um, idea went from noticing the inefficiency to actually existing and generating traction, I think that r- might serve as a better, uh, more effective reference than trying to kind of come up with an answer that solves everything. Perfect. Yeah, let's go there. Great. So, um, you know, first of all, about myself, uh, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong bootstrapped entrepreneur since quite a young age. And over the years, I developed an expertise in product development, growth, and cash flow for e-commerce and software businesses. It's just various businesses over the years. And so I, I've become, over the years, most comfortable running entirely remote and globally distributed teams. So uh, Armor, it started because as a highly active user of, the, of DeFi products and protocols, um, especially in the last year or so, as adoption increased, um, I developed an interest in covering my assets against smart contract risks. And the user experience that existed at the time was far too involved. And one thing I've noticed a lot with people is they um, experience frustration with various products that exist and they just accept it. They're like, oh, I don't like it. Maybe something will do something. Maybe somebody will do some- something about it one day. Whereas with me, anytime I'm frustrated by something, I notice it and I pay attention to it and I write it down because I know that if I've experienced a frustration or an efficiency with an ex- a product or a user experience somewhere, then there's something there to explore further. Right now, coming back to the specific topic of armor, um, because of the way that I actively um, deploy my assets across various products and protocols with fairly high velocity, um, I didn't want to actively manage my coverage. Right, I wanted to just pay for my coverage and not think about it anymore. And so, having noticed a number of um, not optimally productively deployed assets that solve pieces of the DeFi asset coverage puzzle individually, um, I, I realized that these could be combined into an ideal user experience and then integrated into tools that users already use to minimize the friction and maximize reach and adoption of coverage solutions. And so rather than seeking to reinvent the wheel um, of bootstrapping a capital pool, um, and, and just for a little bit of context, uh, there are from my observation, two key constraints for the uh, for scaling some kind of DeFi coverage product within DeFi, right? So one constraint is uh, the the first con- constraint is the de- demand for coverage, right? And the other constraint is capacity for coverage, because if you look at traditional um, insurers like Lloyd's of London, what they do is they get names to provide capital to then be deployed towards um, insurance products that lawyers would underwrite. Are you you following? Yep. So the thing is, within DeFi, um, there there are constraints on capacity because, for example, you might have $50 billion of TVL or now we have $100 billion of TVL, right? But the coverage capacity in the pools with Nexus Mutual might be, just for the sake of example, I don't know what the exact numbers are right now, uh, but it might be, for example, 100,000 Ether, right? And so at a value of $2,000, so that covers about $200 million if you leverage that 10x. They recently expanded that, so it might now cover $300 million. 
right? Uh, and by the way, I think their capital pool is larger now. However, the point is that even if it was larger, the, um, the capacity for coverage um, still may not uh, reach that full 100 billion in TVL, right? However, we cannot increase the capacity for coverage without increasing the demand for coverage in the first place. However, the demand is again constrained by the capacity because the capacity will appear when the demand is high enough to generate a yield that attracts the coverage, the capital providers to the coverage pools, okay? Because they have a number of options available to them to, for generating yield on their assets. And when I say demand for coverage, it means literally actual user demand, right? It, are there people who are buying insurance products? Got it. Right? So Armour's goal um, was at launch to be a decentralized cover brokerage. And the goal has been to aggregate the insurance, pro the, the insurance style product providers within DeFi and link them to users uh, in a more efficient and um, in a manner in which that, that suits the ideal user experience. Okay, so this is where we sought to create dynamic and adaptable approaches to connect coverage capacity with user demand. So Armour's goal really is to work with any competitive insurance innovations with a suitable level of quality to aggregate and bring to market pooled and permissionless solutions that are powered by a simple and easy user experience that abstracts the complexity under the hood to fulfill the demand. And that's why we created the smart cover system, um, which is a streaming pay-as-you-go coverage product, which tracks your, your assets across various protocols and recommends you a combination of coverage based on that. And then you simply deposit some ether, for example, and it will bill you on a streamed pay-as-you-go basis. At any time your asset values change or the combination of your assets change across various products, it will recommend a new combination and allow you to simply approve that. And as long as you keep your balance topped up, you continue to be covered for your assets. So how do we learn more about Armor? Well, you can just go to armor.fi. That's A-R-M-O-R dot F-I. Great. Thank you again for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure, Dustin. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by various guests or sponsors of the podcast are solely their own. They do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host or the other people, entities, or organizations affiliated with the creation or production of the podcast. The guest and sponsor may consider their information reliable, but others involved in the creation or presentation of the podcast do not warrant the accuracy of guest or sponsor information, and it should not be relied upon. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.